How's it going, everybody? This is the Green and Black Podcast. As always, I am Tanner Hayworth, joined by my always exuberant co-host and sports editor, Reese Nagaoka. Reese, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. I'm a little tired. It's it's good to it, it's it's a different change, I think, from lovely this week. Um, yeah, but I think exuberance is what we need right now. You know, we it is the third week, fourth week. I've already lost count of how long it's been since uh, classes have started. I think everyone's starting to slowly get into a rhythm. I've already had my first test and my next testing coming in two weeks. Uh, So, you know, everyone's hopefully getting into that rhythm. And I think there's one team that really does need to start getting into a rhythm sometime soon is our Rainbow Warriors as they come off a... Tough loss, a big blowout loss to the Michigan Wolverines at the big house. Now, I could tell you the score, but I'd really rather not. But Let's just say it was on bad beats. It was, yeah, I, it was only on bad beats for the sole fact that if we scored a touchdown, it would have put us over the plus 66 uh, I think, for points. I think it would have been like any points because it was it was 66 and a half or something, and then yeah. it was 66 total. Yeah, so, so sorry for everyone who... Uh, betted the over on points but you know what that's your fault for betting on college football and you know that's sometimes the beats you just got to live on now we could talk about the first half i won't because i don't think there's much to talk about that first half other than some you know just bad quarterback play mostly i won't say bad quarterback play it was just good defense by michigan and good offense by michigan and you know hawaii native Roman Wilson, who just torched the Hawaii defense twice. And if there was someone to do that twice, I'm glad it was Roman. Yeah. Um, the second half, though, I feel I feel like is some place that we can go to find the positives of this game. Because if there's something that everyone took away from this game was that this team had no quit. They weren't ready to lie down and let the points keep on pouring on in. I believe they only allowed... I can't remember how many points they allowed in the second half, but certainly wasn't as much as they did in the first. It was like it was like an opposite of what we've seen for the first two games where we kind of limit teams in the first half and then they go out a huge blowout by the second. <laughs> Michigan blew us out in the first half and they're like, okay, we'll chill. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. I mean, there was only the only points in the second half for Michigan were uh, 14 in the fourth quarter. It was a couple of rushing touchdowns that hurt them i mean it's not too bad and there was a lot to be said about this team and i think the biggest positive is we can take is the special teams unit i think sheffield did a really great job especially against one one of if not the best special teams unit in the country coached by jay harbaugh uh that's that's right they got multiple of them in that college campus but that's scary enough just to have one (laughs) But Shipley, you know, he had a couple of good punts that pinned them within the 10-yard line. I believe he had one or two, you know, iffy punts where one was kind of like a straight line and one necessarily didn't get as much leg as you would want on it. But overall, Shipley and the punt team did put Michigan in a couple of bad situations. One, I think both basically, I think one definitely led to a punt. I can't remember the other because the one that led to a punt on the other side, on that defense, I believe Kalana McCullough, the USC transfer, also forced a fumble, unfortunately, like 
every single ball that seems to bounce this year. It bounced in the way of Michigan, and they got the ball back. But there was a lot of positives you can find from this. We got our first two sacks of the year from Blessman and uh, Tui Tupo. So, you know, it does really feel like we're grasping at straws here. But with a team like this and the three games that we've seen, Right now, it feels like that's what we have to do to try to keep any kind of you know positivity coming from this uh, schedule so far. Yeah, I think that's the that's the thing too is that it's not like it's like three really bad teams. I mean, like this week was what the number four team in the country, and um, you know Western Kentucky. You can't really write them off. I mean, they won their division last year, and then you know Vanderbilt's kind of they're not they're not going to be like a SEC powerhouse yet but they're still an SEC yeah they're team. still on the up and up too so they're there's they've got their stuff together I mean it's who knows maybe Clark Lee was right about having the best team in college football they might be yeah well I, actually I don't know I, I don't <laughs> know about they did lose to Wake Forest they did lose to Wake but yeah. Wake is also a, a ranked team now that they do have uh, their quarterback uh, Pittman back from uh, undisclosed medical injury. I think they said it was a it was, it was like a blood clot in like one of his veins it was it was so it was just like yeah obviously you got to step away for that but i mean yeah i mean hopefully i mean you look at this week's opponent hopefully hawaii gets it together especially on homecoming week and um we'll see how it turns out yeah so our opponent this week is the duquesne dukes um we did play them only about four years ago in 2018 where they did start off with a 14-0 lead but Hawaii would eventually beat them 42-21 to back at Aloha Stadium with Nick Rolovich and Cole McDonald. Um, this Duquesne Dukes team is coming in with a 1-2 and record. They start off their season with going 0-2, losing big to Florida State at Florida State, 47-7, and losing to Youngstown State, 31-14. to Now, when you look at those two teams, Florida State, obviously, Power 5 program, they are on the up, in my opinion. Um, with Youngstown State, this is us trying to educate everyone if they didn't know about FCS teams. I know I know you there in the back. I know that one listener. I know you know a lot about FCS teams, but the majority does not know much. Uh, Youngstown is, de- is definitely one of the better FCS teams. Not the best, but still one of the better. And when you look at these two games that they lost it was mostly on the ground with florida state they had four 100 yard rushers or at least three and one was close i can't remember off the top of my head and youngstown state uh left the game with a 200 yard rusher so when you look at those two games i look at that and then i think about our offense when i think about our offense i think about our two strongest rooms in our offensive uh, side. And it's the offensive line and it's the running backs. So I'm not the offensive coordinator. I don't got a phone line straight to shoe. But if I had the choice, why not run it down their throats with a couple of passes to keep them honest and have that be our plan to victory for this weekend? I mean, why not? I mean, you have a really talented running back room with Dietrich Parson, um, Najee Bryant-Lulay. We saw Tylen Hines score the, the only the only touchdown for the Rainbow Warriors last week. Longest was, touchdown of the year so Yeah, far. well, I think it was the longest play of the year too, right? It was about yeah. 50, 55 yards. I mean, he just showed that speed in the big house against 
a really good Michigan defense. So to we, be fair, they're third stringers. Third, third, third but, string Michigan. But third is, string Michigan is probably like one of is it's like, like a is, first is, team Mountain is West. a first team Mountain West, Something. especially this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what would that be in the fun belt? The fun belt that'd probably be like a middling fun belt team. <laughs> maybe like maybe uh, around Old Dominion, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think you you have to. I think with this team, you have to probably use that running game, especially when you have, like you said, a really veteran offensive line, um, you know, really good running back room. And I think now, even though we know who the quarterback starting for UH is this week, which was announced to be Joey Ellen, you still aren't 100%. It feels like you're still not 100% sure about what his capabilities are. Yeah, I'm not really sure what his capabilities are, but I do think that that was the correct choice, whether or not Shager is hurt or not, because from what we've heard from Timmy Chang the last couple of days, Shager is still banged up. Cooper is still banged up as well. We don't know what necessarily Cooper's injury is, and I think we could surmise that Braden's is probably his shoulder due to his uh, big run that he had against Western Kentucky. I think it had to be something on that right arm. It'd have to be. That's what I could deduce. Uh, I don't think I was ever told anything on record, but I I yeah, I think Probably something like I think Cooper's is shoulder related as well. I'm not too sure. Can't really speculate on that, but it, it kind of sounds like that's what it is. But what I like with Yellen is that Timmy left him in the entire game. I think I definitely would have been that one person to say, ah, F it, put Farrell in. I think Let's see were. what he can do. And the more I think about it, I think it was good that Yellen did get that second half experience. Because now he has at least some positive rhythm to go into Duquesne with. Yellen was never given the opportunity to go longer than a quarter this year so far. So seeing him get the opportunity to go for a full game, I think was good for both him and the coaching staff. Because now they see what they have to do to have him work out. Um, Will we get a passing touchdown this week? I certainly hope so. But... I've said it before. If we don't get a passing touchdown this week, but we still win, I'll still be happy. I think a lot of people want the passing touchdown because everyone really is still stuck on run and shoot, run and shoot, run and shoot, run and shoot. Only run, run and shoot. That's the only offense we know. I think people got to chill. It's the first year of this program. Timmy does not have the recruits that he wanted, and the recruits that he did get, we were lucky that we got him. Um, Nick Rolovich's first year was not a run and shoot. In fact, the one guy that I would say that Nick Rolovich relied on in his first year was a running back, was it not? You're talking about the awesome St. Just? Exactly. So, I don't get why we're so adverse to be leaning on our running game when it's so obvious that our running game is way better than our passing game. I, th- I think the thing is that we've seen the running game do really well, but then we we go back to the passing game and it's not really working out. I mean, we only well, leads the nation in pass attempts, right, as of now, and they don't have a passing touchdown, which is interesting. I mean, obviously, you're right. I think that's something Timmy Chang said last night on – or, yeah, last night, but what, let's call it Wednesday night on Call the Coach. Um he he just wants to win right now. I think that's what everybody wants. They want to win. He's he's kind of aware that he might be losing these these fans because they're zero and three right now. But like, it's it's not the end of the world. Obviously, we've seen it 
just about everywhere. First-year coaches who have to rebuild, generally that first year is not going to be that great. And after that, who knows what's going to happen. But, I mean, right. that first year, is, it's going to be a growing growing pains, I think. And I think people are just so dead set on the, well, June Jones did this. Well, June Jones did that. And I think I'm just tired of it because Timmy's not June. Timmy will never be June because June Jones was June Jones. Mm -hmm. And the team that June Jones got from Von Oppen is not the same team that Timmy Chang got from Todd Graham. In fact, you could say Todd Graham's team when he left is nowhere near the same talent as the team that he got at the beginning of last year or even at like at any point before then because all the starters left it's it's quite literally a different team it's a different team and so i think people just got to chill timmy is gonna have the ability to get a really his own recruiting class and not only that He's going to have the help of a pretty great recruiter in Jeff Reinbold, who did an amazing job yes. in the in the last couple of years of the June Jones era. And he has been very instrumental in, you know, just being a very good positive vibe around <laughs> the coaching yeah, office I mean, and Twitter especially. That that That's the thing that when everybody you ask about the people who have been here the longest, who have, you know, seen what Jeff Reinbold can do when he was here um, about 15 years ago, would you say? Yeah, it, it was like, that's the thing. He's like, yeah, he's the director of player development. He's your hype man. But the one thing he was really good at was recruiting. I mean, he has all these connections all over the country. He's coached in Canada. He's coached in Europe. He's coached, like, I think he went to, like, Maine or something, too, right, back for, for college football, I want to say. But it was like he has all these connections, like, across pretty much the world, I guess. And, I mean, that's a good thing to have in your pocket when you have a guy who likes – who loves Hawaii and just like, you know, I mean, he wants this program to succeed. And I think that's, it's a good goal for what um, Timmy Chang and his staff are hoping to get done. Right. So hopefully that starts this week. And I think this is a good game to hopefully get that first win for the season. Like if you look at their uh, depth chart, we've, <laughs> we've really been handed a really great hand, especially when you look at the last three teams who we've played. I don't think you can look at the especially the Vanderbilt and the Michigan chart. When you look at their offensive line, it'd be hard to not find someone who isn't what, six four, three twenty, three fit three thirty. Now when you look at uh Duquesne's uh depth chart, I believe if I remember off the top of my head, their offensive linemen kind of go in a little it's a lot. It's a much lighter note. I'll just go by listing. This is from the left side to the right side. We go six four two ninety five, six three three hundred, six two two seventy five, six three two eighty five, six three two ninety. Now that's their offensive line. And when I look at that, the first thing that sticks out to me is their center, Michael Darundo, six two, two seventy five. With their backup being the same height and at 260. Now, I'm not one to be the, you know, admiral of the size of, that you would want from your offensive lineman. But for once, it really feels like we kind of get that chance of be, going against people that aren't power five offensive linemen. 
And to go from Michigan to Duquesne, I think this defensive line who got two sacks off of that defensive line, one being a Blessman swim move, which was crazy to see, <laughs> especially from, <laughs> from, Blessman. from Blessman. I think the defensive line should have some fun this week. I think that's fair to say. If we want to generate pressure, this might be one of the better games that we can generate pressure on. And then on the other side of the trench, this is a team that looks like it's going to be running a conventional 3-4, three, 3 down linemen, 4 linebackers. I mean, when you look at the defensive linemen of their two ends and their nose tackle, well, first of all, the guy A.J. Ackerman stands out at three six five three ten, which is like a very prototypical uh, defensive end in a 3-4 uh, system. But their nose tackle sits at 285, so... And their other end sitting at 260. So, when I look at this, if they're running a 3-4, it makes me even more comfortable about running the ball down their throat. Because we got a couple of big guys in the middle with Vanterpool, Aliki Tonovasa, and whoever we decide to put out left guard, whether it be Sergio, uh, Stefan, or Orasi Mose, who had some playing time in the second half of Michigan. I just, I feel good about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very – I feel like the one thing, though, is you can't sleep on – because the one thing that um, that seems to be happening for this – I guess both sides, you know, this Hawaii defense, it's, it's not containing the, the pocket, I guess, because we've seen it right. where, um, you know, these guys – I don't know. I don't really know what Duquesne's scouting report on their quarterback, um, um, Joe Mishler, is – I mean – 5'11", 190, I don't really... He doesn't seem like a traditional pocket passer. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but I, I really don't know. We haven't really looked at the scouting report for Duquesne, but, I mean, it's that's that was the one thing for me is that they weren't able to contain all of these guys. Um, and Mike Wright, Austin Reed, um, you know, I think J.J. McCarthy, I'm not too sure how many good runs J.J. McCarthy had. I mean, I want to say he had, like, one for 16 yards. So, but, um, I mean, it's just got to be careful with that. And then, yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. You look at this 3-4 defense for the Duquesne Dukes. It's, like Tanner said, you got the nose tackle. But you also look at these linebackers and they're, yeah, your outside guys are 240 and 230. They're probably your pass rushers, it's fair to say. But um, your inside guys are only 205, so it's almost like a hybrid safety linebacker almost would you say and then it's just yeah just pound the ball against them I mean it, there's not really much else you could do I mean when you look at the secondary you <laughs> you have a 6-3 safety um and, that's always fun to say yeah in uh let me get this right is it Malik Strozier probably Strozier Strozier yeah Strozier um, Strozier but I mean when you look at the Duquesne offense it's obvious what they're going to do it's what Usual offenses like to do with these kind of guys is they'll try to spread out the field. You know, when I watch their offense, especially in their win against Thomas Moore, what they're doing is they're sending, you know, flats, bubble screens, throwing boundary to boundary. They're asking you to be fast uh, horizontally as you are vertically, you know, because they'll try. It's, it's the, I won't say it's the classic college football spread offense, but it it's, 
it's at the heart of what you want the system to do. It's to spread that defense out so you can find the holes, especially because, you know, the boundaries are so far for college football. So I don't think there's that. See, I was about to say something bad. I was about to say something bad, like saying, I don't think there's much to worry about. Because <laughs> this weekend. Then, then there will be not. This weekend, we've seen the upsets already happen FCS-wise in our own conference. We saw Weber State blow out Utah State at home. We saw University of Incarnate Word, shout out G.J. Kinney and Dayton Tony, uh, former University of Hawaii coach and wide receiver, for beating the University of Nevada 55-41, to an amazing game. But I'll also say this, they're also like in the top 10 when it comes to FCS teams. Oh, no, yeah, no, Incarnate Word is like... Incarnate Word has consistently been a really good school the last couple of years, especially because I think they only started up back in like 2010. Something like that, yeah. I mean, yeah. they were, it was it was weird, which was, or not weird, but it was just like, it's just, it's a I brand mean, new program. Like Yeah, I mean, Arnold Martinez, one of the, uh, one of, <laughs> who helps on ESPN Honolulu for the uh, pre pregame show. On content of kickoff, uh, he he remembers sending players from here to Incarnate Word, and putting in a good putting in a good word for them. Um, but so when I look at Duquesne, we're not necessarily going against a good FCS team. We're going against like a middling FCS team, and that's why I feel confident, especially coming off the second half of Michigan, especially straight up coming back from Michigan because we just went against the fourth best team in the nation. Now we're going to face an FCS squad. And I mean no disrespect to the Dukes. They're not Michigan. And I don't think that's very disrespectful to say out loud. But obviously, they're not coming in here with, uh, oh, no, we're just going to lose. Let me just lay down for you. They're coming in to win. They came in on Tuesday. If you come in on a Tuesday for a game week against Hawaii, that means your you're be, your intentions you're are be set. Ready. Yeah. Your intentions are set. You're trying to get all that, you know, other stuff out of there. So, you know, big respect to Jerry Schmidt, who was on the morning show, uh this on the Bobby Kern show with Gary Dickman uh this week for to talk with him and it's a lot of really great stuff. Jerry coach Jerry Schmidt said a lot of good stuff about Hawaii. And they feel that they're coming in prepared because, like I said, coming out on a Tuesday, you you put your intentions out there. I think the one thing, too, we have to talk about is, is like, yeah, we can't sleep on Duquesne because, I mean, Hawaii is, they're in their first season trying to get their culture established. Jerry Schmidt's been there. This is his, I think, 18th season at Duquesne. Um, one of the wild facts I saw is that he's been in Pittsburgh longer than Mike Tomlin, which is like... <laughs> Yeah, and and so they already have their culture established. They they know what they want to do. They know what they're going to do. It's just a matter of can they put it on the field. It's almost like Hawaii. Hawaii's getting better. I will say this, but they they're still trying to figure out what their identity is, what they want to do, and it's just a matter of can they make sure that they put up good enough together game plan and performance to where you can. Uh, I don't want to say escape, but. I guess just win against Duquesne on Saturday. Yeah. And, you know, I'm feeling good about it. I'll be happy to put in a W for this. And I don't think that's much to be, you know, be overhyped about. I think we should win this. It's an FCS team. 
and I'm not to <laughs> not to not to like disrespect FCS teams, but if you're an FCS team playing an FBS team, we there is an expectation set, and I think that's fair to say. So I feel good about it. I think it'll be a good warm up for New Mexico State next week when we go in there on fireworks night for New Mexico State. So I think that puts in the intentions of what they want to do next week. They want to end. They want to end the night in Las Cruces with some fireworks. So I want to win on Saturday, and I want to win next week because if we can go into into conference two and three, I don't care who the opponents are. I don't care that New Mexico State is also listed at the bottom five of the college football rankings like Hawaii. Two wins are wins. And I think when you're sitting at two and three, and if we can keep on improving like we have the last three games, I feel like we have the ability to compete in the Mountain West right now, especially the conference that we're playing. When we do play play guys like Nevada. Utah State, who is mightily struggling without Devin Tompkins. We, San Jose State, who struggled to beat Portland State, which Shevin's Let, let's very be fair, tired. Though, they took Auburn to... They took Auburn, yeah. But there is something to say if you struggle against an FCS team, in my opinion. You can oh. say the same thing for Wyoming for the first two weeks as well. So there's a lot of games that we can be competitive in. And it's just going to be whether or not we keep on improving, we find our answer, and we can, you know, generate some good momentum going into Mountain West season. I really hope we don't, nobody replace that San Jose State comment if things don't turn out well this week. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. The schedule does look pretty good. I, I've always said this. I've said this for, like, the last, like, eight months. I mean, if they can get four wins with this team that's obviously a win i feel like that's a win i mean you you want to pencil in these two games these next two games against duquesne and new mexico state as wins as well and i think yeah this team can steal a couple of um not, uh, mountain west games i mean yeah you said utah state struggling um nevada pretty much just migrated to colorado state and, and they're not <laughs> colorado state's struggling too colorado I mean, state's doing rough and What's it called? Dante Dante Wright, probably one of the best offensive players, put out his intentions to transfer at the end of the season. Okay, wait, I'm confused. Is, is he transferring? or is Because I saw something he withdrew his transfer. No, he has to withdraw due to the new NCAA uh, transfer portal rules. He has tweeted out saying his intention is to redshirt this season and he'll have two years of eligibility. Okay, got it. I was just like, so so what's what's yeah. happening? I was. Uh, I, uh, the NCAA basically told everyone that was in the transfer portal from after August thirty first that saying you have to withdraw, due to the new NCAA rules on the transfer portal scheduling. Got it. Okay, because I mean, there are a couple games that you obviously need to. I think when you're when you, <laughs> and we're just looking at this now. UH is up. 10 games to nothing on the in the Mexico State series. So I yeah, think we got to keep that up. We got to keep that up. Um I mean, Braden Shager and Dedrick Parson beat them last year. So I mean, yeah, I mean, well, Braden Shager had like the most efficient passing game yeah. I've in like a long time for you. And you know what he didn't do that game? Turn the ball over. Throw a touchdown. Throw a touchdown. Oh, you might actually turn the ball over. Yeah. No, well, let's uh <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> that that's the other thing too is that <laughs> like I think Timmy talked about it last night or Wednesday night. I keep 
we have to figure out when this episode. You can, you can, you can, you can say last night. Let's just say last. People night. People will understand. I'll that call the coach. Like, people understand that we record these on Thursdays. Let's. Yeah, I hope so. But yes, um, I think the one thing Timmy said last night. Um, you can probably check. Were you working the board last? Night? Yeah. So, I think he's he wants Braden Shager back when he's a hundred percent. I mean, even I don't know what his status is this week. He's probably. I think he was cleared to play last week, from what I remember, and. I mean, he throws. He's still throwing the ball good. So I don't know what his. I think if you keep him, if you want to make sure that they're at the healthiest, I think the smartest thing it's, is that it's smart, right? You now. don't want to risk him against Michigan, Michigan for starters, and you also probably don't want to risk him against an FCS. Yeah. Save him for the game. Huh, I was about to say something even more mean. Save him for the games that matter. But um, <laughs> they all matter. They all matter. All games matter. Uh, but not like that. Um. <laughs> Anyways, I think on that note, that's a really great way to transition away from uh, football. I mean, some quick side notes for all sports. I think this is a great way to to do it, just like aside from football. What else is going on right now? Wahine Volleyball is coming off. Probably their signature win of the season so far. Coming back, reverse sweeping USC at home. I love that game, personally. Just watching it. Watching them win that game and watching Robin like jump out of the stadium basically with and she was just all smiling like that it made me feel good oh. made me feel good to see robin ecstatic it was know? like the the wild so i don't know well let's let's start off because when they lost friday night in four the media five, five no was it It was in five wasn't it in five i think it was four i can't remember it wasn't a three set it was in four it was in four I remember because they had that almost comeback in the fourth set. Yeah, and it was like, and it was it was a rough post game because um, we we all talked about I think how I think it was pretty well documented that Robin was having a, and the team was having a hard time after the UCLA loss, right. and USC was let's just say it was it it took almost an hour for them to to arrive at post game. That that's how long their talk was. Right. And to come back Saturday night, and it almost looked like Robin was in the same. Like, she did not look happy in that second set when they lost. And then to see them come back to it was a, what a wide range of emotions for Robin Amo. I think, uh, <laughs> but uh, we I talked we talked with Scott Robs, and <laughs> he said when he had asked Robin like, "Oh, what did you say to the girls after after the, winning that third set?" She said, "I said nothing. I yeah. didn't really talk to them." <laughs> that, they, they, she didn't even know what they talked about in post game when they had. She was like, "Oh yeah, they talked. They talked it out in this between between the second and third set, and they just they just figured it out." I mean, that fourth set they looked completely dominant. Um, I think the stat that was given to us by um, the women's volleyball SID Kara Nishimura was they never trailed after like thirteen to twelve in the third set. Like that. That's how. Well, it clicked together for them, especially when they had these good scoring runs with like Kaylin Alexander and Kendra Ham at the serving line. I mean, it was just like this might even if they win the Big West. I'm not saying because there are a lot of great teams in the Big West. Actually, mm-hmm. we should say yeah, sure, yeah. But mm-hmm. even depending, even how this the rest of the season turns out, I feel like this is the this is their signature win yeah. unless they happen to win the tournament this year, which is I guess a never say never. But I mean. Maybe we'll finally be placed against someone not Washington. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. But I mean, yeah, it was a it was a 
awesome win. I wish I could have been there, but I was boarding the game, unfortunately. I won't say unfortunately. <laughs> Very fortunately, I was boarding the game because I got to listen, you got to, listen to, to the greatest volleyball commentator of all time. Greatest play-by-play caller, Tiff Wells. Uh, we've... The best. Shout out Tiff Wells at Tiffers PXP on Twitter. <laughs> we should say that because he's not even like the best play-by-play. He He's the best like because he does play-by-play and he has to add in a little bit of color too because he's by himself he's by himself so and it's like it was really funny watching the game and i was listening to the game because i was boarding it but i was also watching it and i had the volume on at like one or two so at the exact same time i could hear both tiff wells and kanoa Leahy (laughs) collectively losing their minds (laughs) and it was hilarious (laughs) i mean i would wouldn't you lose your mind after that that yeah, that, I mean, it was amazing. You, it, it was, it was like, let, let's just leave this in. I don't know if we're gonna leave this in or not. I guess, but I think we should. But I mean, there was a point where Robin dropped an f bomb during that second set because <laughs> she was so frustrated with how they turned out. And then the next thing you know, in the fourth set, she's like, "Yes, let's go." That's how you do it. And it's like that. What a what a wide range of emotions to to Coaching. have. Yeah, having a battle. <laughs> About like ninety, about like half an hour to an hour. Yeah. It was a, it was an amazing match. Was it forty nine hundred? It was. It was something. It felt needed, way more than UH, that. My UH gosh. definitely needed that win because that was right after the Michigan game. <laughs> uh, but and then onto another note, Wahine soccer also off to a pretty great start. <laughs> Me and Reese were joking a little bit at the right before her recording, but. It's really great to see Wahine Soccer scoring. And, like, we <laughs> said that as a joke, but I, I, I'm sure if you said that to uh, Coach Bud Nagamine, she would also – she would probably agree with you. She's like, yeah, it's awesome. We're scoring now. And, you know, we come in with – what are we starting? I, why can't I read? Just... We're coming in with a 3-2 and two record. <laughs> and, of course, those two losses coming at Portland at Grand Canyon – Oh my god, that Grand Canyon game. I forgot about that game. <laughs> <laughs> but two and but two and zero oh at home. We end two and zero oh at home, and we end the non conference schedule with a win at Portland State, two to one. That was a funny game. I think that was the game. That was the game we were watching when we were, we were recording. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they are taking on UC Davis tonight, or I guess. Tonight for us. Tonight, yes. Tonight uh, for us might, at the YPS Soccer Complex. We might get a quick turnaround where this actually comes out before the game. Who so knows? Who knows? I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe they play them in an hour. <laughs> who knows? But I, I'm i excited. I hope that we can kick off this year. <laughs> we, <laughs> we can kick off this year, you know, where we're not praying for a win. Where we're praying for, you know... Please. I think we're praying for a Big West tournament. Big West in, tournament like, return from, was it a couple years ago? Yeah, I think 2019. That, that was the one um, Coach Bud got named Coach of the Year yeah. or something for the conference, right? So, I, But like you said, I think you were saying to me before, this is a rough, it's a rough year because, not a rough year. It's, it's, it's a, always a rough year in the Big West when it comes to women's soccer. I think the one thing we can't sleep, because obviously UC Irvine is going to be that that right. team in the Big West, but it's it's not like these other teams you can sleep on in the Big West, so they have to be on their, their best for, what, 10 games? So, I mean, tonight is probably the big one for them. It's the first game of the year, or first conference game of the year. Um, it's homecoming week. They've been 
Um, they've been trying to like hype it. They've been hyping it up all week. I mean, the games that I've seen on TV at YPO Soccer Complex have been pretty amazing. The turnout, at least, the turnout looks really good. For, at least on for TV. Thursday night, it's a really good turnout. Yeah. Like, so. I'm excited. Was it? This is their first of five home matches. So that one week, that one, uh, I was going to say weekend. I can't count. But that one kind of like week and a half in October looks like it's going to be a lot of fun where it's um, CSU Bakersfield, UC Riverside, and CS Fullerton. I have to remember my big West schools really quick. <laughs> I was like, what is C-sub? C-sub. <laughs> <laughs> but... um. I think it's going to be a fun year for this Rainbow Wahine soccer team, and I hope Bud pulls through this year. I really do, because I feel like she is, if, I think she's one of the most positive coaches I've ever been around. I think she is one of the most fun coaches. She is just a blast to be around. And you know what? I'll say this. I'm not saying that, like, no one else is. I think that's a really cool thing about the University of Hawaii coaches they're all really fun to talk to and be around. Yeah. Like Laura Beeman, Charlie Wade, when you get him warmed up, is hilarious. Even even Robin, when you... Robin, when you get her warmed up, is is awesome to talk to. Uh, Timmy's, of course, Timmy's Timmy and Rich Hill. Yeah. You can, there's What can't you say? Well, it's kind and of... And like... when you get Iran on an emotional win, that's like peak right there <laughs> emotional iran is something that you ne- don't really see i think you see about once or twice every year whether it be on a loss or a win but you know i'm excited for the athletic year we've only kicked off only a couple of sports so far once we get into winter and spring it's going to be very fun i kind of want to see this too i believe uc davis is the one with murphy ham the dog the wellness oh, is this dog? The dog i think there's a wellness dog team yeah that's awesome so I wonder if he actually made the trip. That's the question. I mean, he can. He should. Is it he? Is it he? I don't know. I don't want I think to it's mis- a he. I really don't want to misgender That's, the dog. Yeah. I, it would I'm, be very rude. Well, I'm trying to find his staff profile or the staff, the, the Murphy staff profile in UC <laughs> Davis, but I, I'm, I'm, struggling, I'm struggling right here, guys. Well, I think... That's a good jumping, not a jumping off point. I guess a jumping off point in a sense that it's going to be nice to end it right here. Um, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a great weekend. It's homecoming weekend, like we mentioned, on Thursday night. If this comes out before the end of Thursday, Hawaii Rainbow Wahine will be playing the UC Davis Aggies at the YPO Soccer, soccer Complex at 7 o'clock. Then this we have... The football team playing against Duquesne. I believe Rainbow Wahine volleyball is on a bye this week. They have a bye week, but they're they're having their alumni and um, green and white scrimmages. Green and white scrimmages free Friday. free to enter. That's a good question. Free for admission. We check. I'm pretty sure. I feel like if it's an alumni game, it's usually it must be free, free admission. for admission. Yeah, but like, um, uh, that's another thing too. Is we have to. They have the H Pass now. Oh yeah, the H Pass. Watch five sports for one hundred forty-four dollars. I mean, that's a good deal to watch two two really good volleyball programs. Um, you know, two basketball programs that are. I wouldn't want to say starting. Actually, not starting to get their their stuff together because women's basketball obviously just has won. their stuff together. They have their stuff together. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you have that. I mean, baseball is coming back with. Actually, I don't know what. You know, the... I also want to say before we leave, I gotta say it is really funny. We are on the Hawaii Athletics website. <laughs> 
why is everyone's logos so big? I don't know. Is it just for this? Because we have it on a separate monitor from our, our <laughs> laptop. Is it? Is it just a? It was like this on on the phone as well. <laughs> no, it is. It's like, and this... it's not even like, oh, they won. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do we have such a small logo? I guess so you can know who's playing. You know, that's a good design, so you know who's playing. But because we're just trying to find information, it is free. So yeah. Both. So uh, at was it? So at five thirty and seven o'clock at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center, there will be the alumni game at five thirty. That's really funny, alumni AE, because I guess that's multiple. Where does it say? You see that? I guess. Isn't it? It's usually alumni. That's why, right? Hopefully, that's not a. Oh, no, no, no. Wait. No, alumni is the alum. Is, is the singular. Alumni is the plural. But alumni is what you normally say, and that's usually with an I. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to text somebody about that. <laughs> but um. But it, yeah. At, so like we said, five thirty, seven o'clock, Friday night. Go to San Sheriff Center. Free for admission. Go cheer on the Rainbow Wahine and the alumni that are showing up. Is there anyone? Um. So we have. Uh, let's see. There's there's a lot of people. There are a lot me. actually. You, you have um, Lisa Strand. Lisa Strand, who um, will be at Growler for ESPN Honolulu's really big. We're gonna plug that in. Um, you know you have, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know Marilyn Moniz, um, one of the first actually women uh, Rainbow Wahine volleyball players. Uh, she was right. also the the senior women's administrator for UH, right. which is a really good one. Um, um, let's see. You have Beth McLaughlin, also one of the first uh, Rainbow Wahine volleyball players. Um. I think, uh, yeah, you have a couple of players from the 2019 team, you know, McKenna Ross and Bailey Choi. Um, that'll be really interesting to see. Um, Waynette Mitchell um, from the first team to win the to win a national championship here at UH. I should know this, but I don't. Um, but, yeah. But I think, regardless, awesome it, event. Yeah. Please go down and support. Um, and that should be homecoming weekend this week, right? Believe, believe so, yeah. I mean, hopefully... Hopefully we're not missing anybody. <laughs> but I um, think with that, yeah, we've gone pretty good, pretty good length. Hopefully, um, anything you're looking forward to specifically this weekend, Reese? It could be anything. It doesn't even need to be sports. Um, because I have something I'm looking forward to. I don't. I mean, honestly, just gotta take in this weekend. I mean, I, I we pretty fortunate to say that I'll probably be at. It'd probably be a mix of a blessing and a curse that I'll be at all three, probably at all three events this weekend. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think it's just, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this turns out. I mean, I think we all want to know how football turns out, obviously. Right. Um, you know, volleyball, it's, it is what it is, I think, with the alumni. I mean, it's obviously going to be a win win for whoever. And it's, it's good, it's a good time for, to have fun before Big West play because that's, when it kind of really matters there's no tournament right so yeah. um you got to get it together win the tur- win the tournament or not win the tournament win the regular season win win <laughs> basically yes and then soccer will be interesting because they're on the rise i mean they are they're scoring i mean the that wing com- that's pretty much all we need to hear the wing combination of amber gilbert and krista peterson is like like it's kind of funny because I think Kelsey Smita is actually leading the team in like assists or something. I have to double check that, but <laughs> it's like she's. I think it's she hasn't scored, which is not really concerning because I think people have just focused in on her so much because of how well she performed last year that right. 
that she has to give the ball up to these other team these other teammates. I mean, look. also didn't notice this coming in, but we is that tied for wins at the top so yeah. far on the conference schedule. <laughs> Three and two, yes. Yeah, so that's awesome to say at least. Yeah, and well, we also have played. Way less. One games. less games, two less games, three less games, and it just means we'll be fresh. Games. Yeah, we're more fresh than these guys. And it's other than CSUN, who is super fresh. <laughs> no, they played. They oh played... no, that's a six. That's a six. Yeah, I thought that was a zero. Yeah, I thought sorry. they had just one win. <laughs> sorry, CSUN. <laughs> Didn't but mean to do that. To that's you. the other thing too. Is that is that um, <laughs> even the goalie situation? Yeah, it's, it's not really a situation, but it's like a. You have two good goals. Well, I think it's like the opposite of what's going on for Hawaii football, <laughs> <laughs> where instead of having like two good quarterbacks, we we have like two uh, quarterbacks. But it's for soccer, soccer we have two good goalies. I think Bud would probably even even argue that they have their their third goalie um is really good. Brianna Kerpich, Kerpich. I'm really sorry. Yeah, you cover them more than me. There's a pronunciation guide somewhere, right? And it's not even on there. That's awesome. Let's just let's just say Brianna. <laughs> <laughs> I think th- they're they're really high on her. Um, co- um, the the goalkeeper's coach Mark Fournier is really high on her. So is Michelle Nagamine. I mean, this is a really I think this is a really fun team. I think, and they, I think, Coach Bud almost feels like there's a little bit of pressure that they that they have to get this right now. So I mean, it'll. I mean, that's that's good pressure to have. Yeah. I, I, Really fun to watch. I mean, like we said, there are only what five more matches, including um, home matches, home matches, including Thursday night. So, you guys, yeah, you guys got to get your Rainbow Wahine stuff in now. I mean, get your tickets, drive on out. It's a it's an amazing experience for what I've seen. And when you are getting your concessions, keep a heads up. I think I've only seen a couple of uh, I've only seen a couple of uh, balls come flying towards the (laughs) concessions. Actually, (laughs) my recommendation is. Well, actually, I don't know if I should recommend this, but eat before or bring your own food. Oh, damn! Whoa! Oh, <laughs> uh, because like I like I went to get concessions because like yeah, obviously yeah, you yeah. gotta support whoever's there, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like you know I kind of wish I just like brought my own food in. Could you? I have no idea, but I mean, media probably could. I probably, <laughs> should, probably shouldn't say that, but <laughs> but I mean. I'm pretty sure the spam bees are pretty good, but I got. I, I, I'm sure I, if you have a big enough bag, you can bring anything. In. Yeah, I mean, do they have clear bag policy over no, there? No, I think it was just like you just literally just walk in and yeah. just. So sit. yeah, you heard it from us first. Um, don't get mad at us. We didn't say anything. <laughs> Boy, well, we didn't say anything. Go get a spam bee, I guess, from yeah. concessions. That's that's always going to be really good. Of but, course. Um, don't don't get a hot dog. <laughs> I don't trust hot dogs. Huh? Always as a kid. I've never felt healthy after eating a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. But the one thing I will say is that when you go to concessions, pretty much any sport, get the hot dog over the hamburger. Yeah. Uh, but then one thing I'm looking forward to this weekend, and I think this is a great way to cut it off this uh, for this week. Looking forward to um, starting off 2-0 and in our fantasy league and beating you this Oh, weekend. no. Yes. I forgot about that. <laughs> is, this the, is this the ESPN one? No. This is the regular league. I think this is just the Friends of, my fr- the friends of Family yeah. League. Yeah. So, I'm very excited. You know, I hope Lamar has a great game this weekend. I think Justin Jefferson should, you know, keep up his great performance. And as long as Lamar Jackson, you know, runs in for all of his touchdowns and refuses to pass it to Rashad Bateman, I'll be very happy. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers still better be owning the Chicago Bears. Well, if he does do that, I hope he passes his touchdowns to A.J. Dillon somehow, even though he is not the receiver. 
Yes. Um, honestly, I went one and two this week in fantasy. In the- I-, I went undefeated, baby. It was so disappointing in the media league because um, I was up 112 to like 111, <laughs> and and um, that's the worst. The, the, the opponent I was playing had one guy left, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna write this off as an L. But then the next thing you know, it was it was Tony Pollard. <laughs> 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 so after like one quarter, I was like, Let's two go. two rushes, negative Let's nine go, yards. Baby. I got a chance, and then it was. But it was a points per reception league. Oh, yeah. So when he had his two receptions, I, I lost. Oh, so damn. it was like, you know what? That's okay. Because Darnell Mooney and the Chicago Bears really let me down. Yeah. Well, that's not their fault. It's Chicago they, let it was, me down. It was Chicago. The, the weather. weather in Chicago let me down. And, and um, I will say, shout out to my team in the ESPN league where I scored 162 points. I think that's about 40 over everyone else. So thank you, Justin Jefferson. I appreciate you. Thank you, Miami defense. And most importantly, <laughs> I can never not say this enough every single year. Thank you, Young Waiku. I, oh, my gosh. I feel, I feel there's a New Jersey I'm buying this year. That's probably a Young Waiku Young jersey. Way. It's the only number seven Atlanta jersey I think should be uh, should be should be owned. Yeah, should be retired, but not for Mike Vick, for Young Waiku. And with that, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you guys next week for the for the game before the Hawaii and New Mexico State. As Hawaii looks to stay out of the bottom five in the national rankings for college football. I think even if they win, they probably will still be bottom five. Probably, but, but it will be above New Mexico but State. But let's be honest, it's, it's the Sickos Committee game next week. Yeah, that is the Sickos Committee game next week. So very excited for that. And like always... Tanner Hayworth, Rich Nagaoka. Thank you guys for listening, and see you later.